最古的秀。Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Unfortunately, uh, there's some continual bad news coming out of the Trump administration. Sure. What a surprise! Hard to keep up, um, and you know, of course, including the LGBTQ factor, LGBTQIA. Excuse me, um, but. The trans ban is back. Uh, so the Trump administration requested again that the Supreme Court hear cases challenging its policy banning transgender people from serving in the military. Yeah. Um, and the Solicitor General, Noel Francisco, told the Supreme Court the administration cannot afford to wait for the circuits to decide. Um, They're about, trying to skip a step because the Supreme Court is now more conservative with yep. Brett Kavanaugh. They just want to race ahead and use the Kavanaugh. Uh, using Kavanaugh's politics to help propel this into right. motion. And mm-hmm. it, it's so, um, God, it's so disheartening. And so last, uh, the, the, uh, there was a report last month that a leaked memo indicated the Trump administration aims to legally erase, illegally erase the existence of trans people by defining gender, quote, as a biological immutable condition determined by genitalia at birth. Okay. So my question is, you guys know politics, I think, are much more well-versed in it. I try to keep up, but... In the dumbest terms possible, what the fuck yeah. is going me, on here? I can. I, let me just take the helm at this. I this this is one thing and one thing only. 2020 re-election campaign. This right here is similar to 2004's marriage ban with George W. Bush in that this is a culture war thing, just like the bathroom, you know, allowing gender, right. people identifying by whatever gender they want, using whatever restroom they want. Just like that became a campaign issue and, and Republicans would use it as a means to sort of rile up the base about not coming into my bathroom. This is exactly that as well. Trump administration is doing, and you're seeing this outside of just not even just the trans ban, but in lots of other little areas where they're intentionally trying to stroke the fear of sort of culture war issues like LGBT issues, like abortion issues, like these other little issues just to then get because now elections are niche. They're about niche communities. They're not about getting all the white women. It's about getting all the white women in the suburbs, but not in the city. And so all this is is trying to really just piss off enough people who hate trans people and who hate gay people so that then when they go to the polls in 2020, they remember this. I mean, you're not wrong, but I've I've been surprised. I, I haven't I didn't follow this as intently as I yeah. did when he originally tried to pass the, the trans military. The military ban. isn't even doing but, anything but with this. I was surprised with how few congressional Republicans seemed to to, to have di- no interest in pursuing this. In fact, well, now, when, he, when he initially proposed it, uh, there were several Republicans who were against banning trans yeah. uh, people uh, from the military. So Give it I a year. Know. Give it a year. This is it's. We're in the shadow of the 2008, you know, midterm. By 2019, when they're all running for a reelection, and if Trump's numbers are as low as they probably will be in 2019, Republicans are going to be scared, and they're going to say, "Oh, look what Trump! He just gave us a little nugget about hating yeah. gay people. Let's run on that again, just like they did with the bathroom issue too." It's the same. I mean, I, I, I totally understand and I respect what you're saying. That it, it, yes, mainstream Republicans are not, and even even Mattis, who you know, he's the Secretary, Secretary of Defense. Defense, he has 
basically openly said that the policy is what it is, that trans people can serve openly, and that there's no real change yet happening within, and that's why they're going through the court system to try yeah. to try to change it. Uh, Mattis isn't fighting it, but Mattis is also saying, this is rhetoric, this is the policy is, what's right. happening right now. And I now. think, and weirdly, I mean, as much as it's like an issue, and as much as everyone's like... It's Jesus, not an issue. No, but, but, but it is an issue. If you're trans... And you are an American trans person who's not in the military. You're just an American person who's transgender, minding their own business, living their lives. And you see this, and you don't care that it's politics. You don't care that it's optics or that it's for the it's it's planting seeds for the midterm. It's not for you. For you, you wake up, you see this, and it's like, what is like? What is this? Why do I have to wake up in a world in a country where? I've gone through what I've gone through, which is surely has been painful in some capacity in some way or another. And you have to see this, this nonsense. And, and that's what I mean. If it, if it is, if it is just like to plant seeds and, and to, you know, be a dog whistle to the 2020 election, it's like, that's even scarier to well, me and even no, shittier that they're just been... using trans people as a pawn. Completely. And it, it sucks. But at the same time, you're taking it in a direction that is much larger and emotional than what a policy discussion about this really should be in that marginalized communities, minority communities from the beginning of politics have been used to rile up votes and piss off other people in order to use communities. Democratic Party used gay people for a very long time until they decided it was okay to talk about supporting gay marriage. And yet gay people still went with it and voted for them. Republicans are conservative. For the most part, they do not vote or support LGBT issues in a very outwardly sort of public way. And this is an issue that they use to then rile up their base. And they know because they know their base is going to hate gay people. And that's what they do. And, yeah, they're using a community in order to get votes. And that sucks. And, yes, that's a dirty politics, but it is politics. But getting back to what I'm like, that the saying this is not an issue, this isn't an issue. There's no problem within the military that, you know, the numbers, this is not a huge burden financially on the military. There is no issue here. This right. is normal people. There's, there's no, uh, uh, there's it's no problem with readiness because of transgender. Exactly. Military. And if we view this as an issue yeah. rather than a, basically a verbal hate crime. I mean, it's someone going out and intentionally being ignorant against a particular right. community. I, I, and if you view... A community as an issue. I don't know. I, I think if we view it as sort of a, this is just people trying to live their lives. It's a lose lose. It's a lose lose. Because you can't. Once again, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, I think you're right. I think Trump is testing the waters as to what would be an appropriate wedge issue. I, I just legitimately don't think this is. I don't, I don't think, think this think is going to Yeah. Because yeah, I don't think America trans... will get... Look, there's plenty of people that don't support trans rights, but I don't think this is the kind of compelling issue that will rally... And the numbers are there for trans support. Millions of, of conservative voters to right, vote that, in, in So that's even more depressing. It's like, it feels like... If that's the case, but if most people don't care, or most this isn't about most people. This right. is about literally a, a percentage right. in Mississippi. This is not about people. Yeah. This is about a state, a nationwide state by state reelection campaign that says this is going to piss off people in Alabama and Mississippi. So let's put this out there. Well, and yeah, this, or North Carolina, or North Carolina, yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's not about most people. It's about getting a certain percentage of people being pissed off enough to be able to vote for the dude. Yeah, it's just ugly enough that it's that it's a it's ugly enough that it's public, they're using human lives. Human, human lives people. and then it bleeds down and 
you say you're a kid. You're just you know a fucking kid. Yeah, and you. And you, you see the news. Your mom is trans, or your or dad trans, is trans, or you're, or conf- you're trans. It's just, or it's just insane. You have a trans aunt. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like it's it's. But I mean, but I do think a lot of times. I think it's important to think about it emotionally. But I also think it's important to like, especially with these sensitive issues, to step yeah. back and realize we're talking about policy here, right? And what's absurd about this well, we policy? Can, we, you, we, we can, can be emotional, that. but sometimes there are questions that you just can't really answer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what must it be like to? Wake up in this world when it's like you can say that about every single community. Yeah, but not every single community is. You don't. This this is like this is an attack in yes on a specific one attack on people who are at, like uh, you know I mean in the LGBTQ community these are people who seem to be in the most danger these days. Did you yes. care? Did yeah. you care when you couldn't serve in the military, which was until you mean like, you were don't, like don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was gross, but. I just swallowed the, just kind of swallowed that pill. It might be how other people. I mean, I remember Maybe. I was terrified or women of not a, being able to vote. Yeah, I crazy. was terrified of a, of a draft in during the Iraq War. Were you really? I was, because I mean, it's it's which was obviously crazy, but in hindsight. But yeah. uh, and I remember going, I remember going to my therapist, and and I was like, I was like, I'm really worried about the draft. I'm, I'm worried I'm going to get drafted. And he, he looked at me. He's like, Don't worry. Yeah. About getting drafted. Yeah. yeah. That was literally. I, they would throw me back out. <laughs> I know. They wouldn't want me. They push in the kitchen. I'm not, no, they I'm wouldn't not even put that's me there. Morally correct, but I remember being like, I'll I'll accept don't ask don't tell for the time being. Uh, yeah, it's fucked. It's just it's all just fucked. Yeah, it is. It's really fucked, and I think people need to mobilize and not vote for Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Did you shave your legs? If I did, yeah, for Halloween. Oh, yeah, cool. I just thought that might be a fun way to end the, a trans. But I did. <laughs> They're smooth still because it's like itchy when they grow out. Oh wow! Oh. Well, they look beautiful. Thank you. They're not Brent's legs, but well, whose are? Who's They're are? better. <laughs> not even joking. Max, thank you so much for being here. By the way, you look great. Thank you for saying that on this <laughs> such a specific camera off off the air and audio on medium. The air. <laughs> I mean, for those listening at home, uh, I'm wearing a Henley. I don't yeah, know. Right. Is that helpful? But I feel like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you've like lost weight and and you look great. Um, I, I have lost a little bit. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I see Elliot at the mm-hmm. gym pretty mm-hmm. often. Yep. You guys go to fun. the same gym? Yes. You guys are Equinox fellows. I this is believe. different. This is a different. Oh, this is different. Yeah, yeah. This is just where he and I uh, stand <laughs> three feet from each other, eye to eye, and just do deep squats <laughs> silently and never acknowledge I don't do squats. I don't want legs. I don't care about Wait, legs. What? How many really? gyms do you go to, Elliot? I, this is this is a separate this is a gym that we go to. It's the it's like a circuit training thing yeah, that a lot of like comedians go to. Lift, it's a it's a weird. It's like a husband and wife yes. that are very um, strong and are what you would think bodybuilders would be like that happen to train a lot of um, comedians. Uh, comedians. So. <laughs> it's really weird. No, they'll just be like, you see the new Rob Zombie film, and it's like three transparent writers and like a podcast producer or whatever, just like sweating through their you know. Gift Bag t-shirts three transparent or whatever. writers. Yeah. I think at one point I was yeah. in a session with three transparent writers. It's great. But yeah, you this, look great. Thank yeah, you. you amazing. That. I've said this Thank before, you. but I, there is something I like about um, living in a city, L.A., New York was like this too, where I feel uh, cultural pressure to like try to, quote, keep it together. What? To stay in shape. Oh, really? To look good. Like, especially when I when I... Look as good as I can, please. I mean, but but you when are, I lived yeah. in Williamsburg, I would I would leave the apartment thinking like 
I'm going to see the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life today on the street. Mm. I want to look good. I should layer it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is so solitary here. I mean, one, I have to say, Brent, that uh, and we're just not going to all go around complimenting each other, but I will say. <laughs> I have you not received one compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're, I talked about your legs. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I didn't mess with your set when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like. Bombed on his show. Yeah, <laughs> you, are, uh, you are one of the uh, most timeless visually. Well, well, I know nobody Brent. looks younger you than Brent. Very, you, You're like a Greek me, porcelain doll. As you all barf, just looking at it. I've said it, it. No. I've said it oh, for years. That. It's the Grecian that. blood. That I, Grecian I wish, blood. He's half Greek. I wish he talked about it more. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's Mediterranean like, skin. I'm half Greek, half Irish. But, but, <laughs> oh my God. Like, what are you gonna do? But yeah, right. <laughs> like, get no respect. Seeing old photos of you from like mid 2000s New York looks like when you watch a movie and there's like a clumsily photoshopped. Oh, that's us in college, and it's like. You posed for that annoying. three minutes ago in like some visual effects <laughs> editor's yep. office, well, and they just softened the hair. I, I appreciate that, That's and funny. I will. I will accept. It. I, you, you know, just to go back on that, I don't feel. I think L.A. in some weird way allows me to not feel pressure about how I look. I sure. get the opposite reaction. I, I know York. what you mean. Like in L.A., because it is so solitary yeah. and it is so you're insular in a lot of ways, and you're in your car and you're in your. I mean, sure, there's a lot of like you gotta if you're in that scene where you have to like be ripped and look pretty and mm-hmm. constantly going on auditions and stuff. But like in a weird way, I feel like L.A. allows more personalities and more different types of people than New York ever did. Because in New York, you had to be cool. Fat, ugly, skinny, whatever. You yeah. had to be cool. The Whereas, palette was way more limited exactly. in New York. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like you can, if you're cool and you're funny and you're interesting or if you're just weird, you can be a little fat. <laughs> like it's okay, yeah. and and you, and in New York, I don't think you can be that. I I, like- I I I remember the first like pop music Hollywood Bowl concert I went to mm-hmm. after I'd moved to L.A. That was this real revelation of like. You know, people have such an idea of L.A. before you move, or, yeah. and, and New York has a reputation as, quote, a melting pot. But it is kind of very segmented, and because mm-hmm. of the way subways and lives work in New York, it's very easy Socioeconomic. to— economic. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy to only see people that have, like, one of four types of jeans and yep. shop at three yeah. types of men's stores. And, like, being in a Hollywood Bowl concert was, like, all these groupings of people, and I don't even mean race or class, but it's just, like— you are like a group of fourteen guys that yeah. dress like um like like clowns that go to a gym and you all live in Angora Hills and among yeah. you you're like, This yes. is how you dress and what cool people are like. Yeah. And there's fifteen of you and that's enough yeah. to make this be like, This is what matters and right. you're just in your own weird section and it was like that yeah. in like yeah. every section for this Kanye concert or whatever it was at Hollywood Bowl. I was like, Oh, this is actually far more diverse and like thrilling yeah. than mm-hmm. uh, New York is a lot. One one definitely. of my favorite things about Michigan is that Michigan does have when I go back to Michigan for the holidays or something, it does have people that you just don't see that often in LA. Mm-hmm. It has the like the burly guys in Carhartt jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like in particular in New York, but also in LA, you just don't see white trash like you see in the Midwest. Mm. Tell me about it. I wish. And it, it, I do. I, <laughs> I love. Wish. I love white trash. There's nothing to me hotter than. I proudly come from white trash. Super we, guy. Michael, my boyfriend, we went 
to Thanksgiving to St. Louis. Right. And, and I thought you meant climax from the idea of white trash for a second. Like, I proudly come from white trash. And I was like, that's such an artful way to say that. I mean, oh that's God. totally understandable. <laughs> oh my now God. you know why I bombed on your show. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I, and, and there's a lot of white trash there. And I mean, but in a weird way, it was like yeah. surprisingly relaxing and chill. And it just. But you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't really see white trash in L.A. No. I mean, my landlord. You do in, like, Pomona? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's inland. It exists. It's just not readily available. We went to that weird, like, food festival, the three of us, and there were, like, uh, people drinking, like, juice out of, like, Lighting light bulbs and baby <laughs> bottles. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We're in Pomona now. <laughs> did you go to the State Fair with no, me? No, I did not. We went that. to the State Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was where it was. Max, you trash. lived in Williamsburg with me when we lived there. Yeah, we uh, lived in a single me. room for <laughs> nine years. It was crazy. You know, we lived near each other for like six years, basically. Yes. And I remember when I first got to Williamsburg, within like the first week. I, Williamsburg does have a reputation for being the most hipster, douchey yes. place in the world. I remember seeing two women in the first week uh, that were wearing those Amelia Earhart leather <laughs> pilot masks. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not on. One, no, sorry. One was on. One was like just resting on her head. Sure. And in I, the way that if they were to crash <laughs> in a in a transatlantic plane ride, that would save their brains. Oh my uh, god. Exactly. That leather, that leather helmet. Yeah. Uh, did you ever? Did you grow tired of Williamsburg by the end? No, I wore like a leather, <laughs> leather mask. Um, I love the film Leatherheads. Um, it tells a story too often forgotten in our culture about um, football. Before um, I, oh, yeah, football. I got like. I mean, I moved a little bit east into Williamsburg, um, which not was still obnoxious, but like was it at least had like um, multi like third generation Italian families holding on to their property yeah. so like the neighborhood right. had not fully gone like right. you know the, the Williamsburg by the water became sort of Hollywood backlot European right. version of <laughs> Williamsburg <laughs> with Apple stores and these like yeah. brick towers and restaurants right. that are just called like you know the Edison yeah, and right, like right. you know stone and rock or yeah. something yeah. so everything here is disgusting and made to share we recommend <laughs> yeah. between 2 and 30 yeah. plates a person um <laughs> Made to share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're Asian, but we have a burger and pizza for no reason. Um, <laughs> but I like. At least there was a little bit of like. Okay, yeah. so there's still like, uh, you know, a 60 year old pizza place across the street. But yeah, yeah I got a little. I weirdly got off though on the reason I never moved to beautiful Brooklyn, like brownstone. Yeah. The idea of Brooklyn was yeah, train Brooklyn. Yeah, was that I felt that like the dumb post college parents still helping out youth energy of the train that I lived off of kept me feeling young and not dealing with the responsibility of like I would go down and visit a friend in Cobble Hill and be like oh this is so this is this is how one should live and then all the strollers and all the not that I didn't like kids but it would make me feel like what am I doing I'm like 29 years old and I'm I'm still like (laughs) I haven't had dental insurance since college yeah Yeah. I like hear last call two nights a week and like what am I how am I moving forward but like Williamsburg just like there was always people wearing you know Amelia Earhart outfits (laughs) and just like you know coming home from a bender when you were like catching a train at 9 a.m. and I was like, this makes me feel better than youthful. I moved into the East Village in New York, which you'd think would be like 
Oh, I'm moving up. But in reality, it really felt like a step back because yeah. in the East Village, like, sure, there's a lot of rich people who live in the East Village, but there's also a lot of people who are rent-stabilized who are insane, yeah. like my roommate. And it just, you, it's filled. Real characters. Real like characters. Has, yeah. yeah, who, like, you know, she was 47 the entire time I lived there. And yeah. she, like, and I lived there for, like, five years. And she would always tell me about her yeast infections and shit. Oh, and it Jesus. Just, it, was, it was just such a, and in a weird way, I felt like I was getting away from the hipster, even, like, the normal life of Brooklyn, because I came from the Brownstone Brooklyn. I was, like, in, like, Park, not mm-hmm. Park Slope, but Parkside Prospect area. Prospect Lefferts Garden. And, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. And and I moved from there into East Village, and I thought it was going to be so cool and stuff. And it was really cool to be accessible and everything. But it also was like, I felt like I was getting a bit of old New York yeah. with the weirdos. Yeah. And the weird things happening all around. I remember when I was 24, like a, a, a new work friend. I just moved to New York. I was maybe 23. Like, we, I think we were trying to buy... Um, cocaine from an old weird man she knew and she was like we might have to hang out for a while he doesn't sell it but he um, if you like hang out enough it might come up that he has it and it was like one of these like a penthouse uh, on like you know the 13th floor of somewhere weird building yeah. in the East Village um, and he just like had no lights and a lot of lizards and he like collected <laughs> t-shirts yeah. and like wore a bathrobe it was very like Big Lebowski before yeah. I knew like I was just yeah. like yeah. you've just been here forever and just like have these weird relationships they're like oh well thanks for coming over like please yeah. sit anywhere there's no spots there's just right. you know <laughs> new I've, I've always said medicine. the East Village always felt like people literally just they live in the sewers most of <laughs> yeah. East Village residents live in the yeah. sewers and yeah. they escape in the morning and they <laughs> right. go outside they right. do their things but at night they crawl back into the yeah. sewer. I basically yeah. did. My room was 5 by 11. It oh was my a, god. Yeah. They're like uh, 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 here's a life hack. Sleep wet. Uh, you should always be <laughs> soaking wet when you go to bed. Max, I was uh, so you did a special for, Nef- for Netflix. I did. I did an episode of their, uh, their quarter hour special. Quarter hours which was so great. Check it out. Max Silvestri. Thank you. On Netflix. It's so funny but I also I love because you, you start off off. You uh, basically start your set talking about how you're, if you might, don't mind me putting in these words, you're Please. like a, an alpha, uh, <laughs> a, a, a mega beta. Yes. Which is yes. like you are instantly intimidated by basically anyone like broader than my shoulders. And I'll tone it down. Uh, <laughs> or a, or a, a gathering. It, it, it is more than one that is specifically makes me right. nervous. And I, I've, mm. I've never had strong How do you go to Home Depot? <laughs> um, with my female partner of seven years. Um, we don't ask for help. We just uh, quietly... Google what we're looking <laughs> yeah, for I'm and scared. don't engage with any um, veterans that make eye contact <laughs> or whatever the energy is at Home Depot that is, you know, oh beautiful, God. but uh, not. it makes me nervous. Yeah. Um, it is so funny because I get that. I still, I think, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but most guys envision fighting people all the time. I am, yeah. I am, You're not I, wrong. I'm, I'll often think about what I would do to if someone attacked me, if if this guy yeah. and I had words, if something came to blows, if someone tried to kill my mom. That's a one that comes up way too much. I'm in public and someone's trying to kill my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I must save her. And if yet, they have a gun with one bullet, <laughs> she won't die because you'll jump in front of it. But exactly. any more than that, yeah, yeah. I'll jump in front of it with like my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but the reality is, I would I. Th- yeah, I can comfortably say I would lose 
any fight if I, I were ever in one. I think, I mean, I, I don't think I would lose, but I, <laughs> I kind of relate in a way to, I mean, on the opposite side of it. Like, if you're not sort of an alpha male amongst other straight dudes, you can almost feel like how sometimes I feel amongst gay dudes when I don't relate. Like, when we're at a gay bar and we're, like, yeah. beyond what's going on, we don't understand this obsession with right. fears. Like, right. really the whole reason why we started this podcast was because we don't relate a lot of times in gay circles to certain things within the gay ether. And I think it's probably very similar to you with straight dudes, those alpha male straight dudes in some way. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, um, like, my friend group is mostly a mix of, like, brainy queer guys mm-hmm. and uh, females. And yeah. uh, the, the straight male friendships I have tend to be one-on-one with mm. sort of other, you know, uh, I guess guys with my sort of, like, non-aggressive Alpha energy. Right, right. And it's not even, it's, there's something about, like, how even like-minded straight dudes become in a group mm-hmm. where it, like, brings out this... I don't know, uh, animal mentality. A little bit, yeah. And even when, even if it's friendlier, you know that, like, well, I'm with these people, and they're not going to like feel it. They're yeah. not going to like go for a cop's gun or whatever. Right. Like this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it like, it, it's like the sort of like who's who's sort of like who's got the baton? Who's like yeah. in charge? Like that, yeah. like way of showing or pulling focus makes me really. So did you nervous. Did you ex- I experienced that growing up on Long Island where it was very Italian, mm-hmm. and I could feel that energy so deftly. It was mm-hmm. so aggressive. Was that what it yeah, was like for you I mean, growing I, up? I, 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 like, grew up around a lot of, like, aggressive Irish kids in uh-huh. um, New England, and I, I think— also, being an only child, I just, like, didn't—I wasn't as good at navigating, like, youth dynamics. Right. Like, I was much better at being polite at, yeah. like, my parents having friends over for dinner and, like, asking my cousin to take off their hat before they sit down <laughs> at the table. Like, <laughs> I just kind of absorbed sure. these sort of, Excuse like, me. old— yeah, Hi, we're indoors. <laughs> um, I absorbed these, like, old-fashioned rhythms that made <sighs> me, like— uh, now I feel, like, fine, but I, I think it was, like, a learned behavior yeah, where yeah. it was, like, mm-hmm. through— middle school and high school of being like, oh, I've got to, like, learn that I'm not just, like, you know, I, I was just at the center of attention yeah. in my own just, like, three-person unit yeah, at home. Yeah. And that's it's diff- a different energy than how, like, guys and siblings and right. people interact. Yeah. You guys know, obviously, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a, ver- a, a college Mich- town. I did not realize you were from Michigan. <laughs> oh, really? No, I know. <laughs> uh, but I always say that Ann Arbor is like the quintessential college town and that everyone is soft-spoken. I say that it's the only town in Michigan in which Terry Gross could beat up everyone. And and I do remember... At once, like that scene voice. from The Matrix or whatever. Right. Where, uh, yeah, yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do remember like growing up and just feeling like it was like there weren't that many alphas around. They, I mean, they exist, of course, but I remember one time I was on a playground and someone punched me in the balls. Ooh. And I told, I mean, this is like, but you know, it's a tap because I was probably four. Right. Um, and I told my dad and he was like, I'm going to teach you how to fight. Wow. And so I remember having to sit sit down with my dad. It was so humiliating yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. And he was just like, if, no one's ever allowed to touch you there. And, and if they punch you, you can punch them back or whatever. Wow. He probably told me to tuck my thumb into my fist. Right. Like, he's right. a doofus. He's I never a nerd, had you know? any of that. I always yeah. – I mean, I, I think on some level – I think in my family – I might be the alpha male in a weird way. Sure. Really? In like Which is a, surreal. Well, I know it is, but it, but not in like the typical alpha male way because I'm so 
I just I, I'm so just I'm more forceful in my words yeah. than they are. I'm more. You don't parse I don't words. fear You're confrontation. Not, right. I don't fear. I have yeah. no. I don't feel like I don't belong in anything. So I don't feel like I ever have to be quiet. Like yeah. I'm always sort of the one. And my family is very reserved and very quiet and very sort of they apologize for a lot of things right. and I never see the need to apologize for anything and I don't feel like I have to apologize for myself and so like growing up I think on some level like even when I was around alpha males and stuff I could keep up with them because I was so different from them that it didn't matter to me that they quote unquote could beat me up because they knew that I would like talk them under the table or something there was, <laughs> right. there was this weird balance that I was an alpha male, but on the opposite, in the queer way. Well, I got, I, I the, the way I survived high school or found my place in high school is I realized that um, I was better at being funny or mean mm-hmm. specifically and <laughs> yeah. like the way to ally myself with the, you know, I went to a small high school that they're like, it wasn't big enough where I could lose myself and just mm-hmm. people like me it was sort of like, well, either it's miserable or I find a way to like <laughs> not have the lacrosse players hate me. And yeah. so the how I... I, like ma- managed the latter was to be like the funny mean kid and yeah. I think after high school and getting into sort of a larger world and realizing that that is not the only way to exist yeah. or even if it is you shouldn't choose that yeah. um, I think still like I have a lot of guilt I-, I think because of like who I am and being like a straight white male guy with like privilege I'm like I don't I don't like I did navigate the world that way for like yeah. a few years and just like I It did come easily, and it, like, was, you know, like, just, I can still picture kids' faces that I just, like... (laughs) Slaughtered. Slaughtered for the sake of, like, getting a laugh or not having, I mean, it's a tale as old as time or whatever, but just to, you know, not have the, the, you know, uh, the judgment or the, you know, oh, now you on me turned the lens elsewhere, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just am like, well... I think the better way is just to avoid those groupings. Yeah, of well, this, forever. Is, this, this is kind of an, a kind of an existential question. But like, so we're all around the same age, except Brent. He's twenty one. Twenty one. We're all around the same age. We're all like navigating the same social scene at the same time in the same city. And we, because we're all like artistic and creative or whatever, I wonder. I wonder how much uh, like the straight male alpha thing how much that was part of our world and if at the same time at the same time did we grow did did everybody we know and people we were around grow everybody grew like kind of queerer and the gay panic sort of went away was it ever there because i know it wasn't for me ever really after after like high school Mm -hmm. and again we're in new york but but isn't that isn't that it though like you you graduate from high school you go off to college and you, even even if some of your friends went to the same college, it's like somehow you magically meet new people that make you more comfortable being, I guess, yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess I just wonder, did you guys feel like in, in your 20s or whatever that there was this, like, underlying alpha, even, like, not even homophobia, but just this, like, aggressive alpha male mentality that was seeping into your lives at all? Well, or was it never really there? I felt it in comedy. You did, I was going to say, outside, did you or did you not? I did in comedy. Outside of comedy, no, because I think I was so... I just, like, owned whatever situation I was in, but in hmm. comedy, because I had to deal with other people, 
and I had to like ask to get booked, and I had to like try to get listed in Time Out, and sure. hope hope to God that they don't just put me in the gay section. Like I had to actively sending push. full cakes to Jane Borden's <laughs> yes. house every yes. day. Yeah. yeah, no, but I had to actively work against That's being just for you guys. Yeah. being the gay comic. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, because it, even though the comics that I was dealing with were not alpha males at all, because they're losers. That's what I mean. Did still, you? Yeah, you've they, experienced they, they were losers, but <laughs> but they took out that sort of you know m- misogynistic in a way and very patriarchal sort of power that I think some straight men have <laughs> in that they own the scene so I can just become the gay comic on the show or I can just become this and that's where I felt it but and did you guys also f- experience no, anything I like never, that? No, I, honestly, Do you feel like I the gay comic? Feel, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I certainly I, I feel like the 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 self-selection of my comedy scene then, which remains what it is now, I'm friends with the same people, mm-hmm. like, there were no, like, misogynistic dudes in that, but it was as much about, like, I chose the shows I did because I never liked the kind of um, offstage, green room, mm-hmm. uh, dick-measuring, broy yeah. yeah. energy that, yeah. like, uh, many great comics in good rooms um, backstage that was the sort of like yeah you get hazed and you get that sort right, of like right. I was like I'm not interested in that yeah. I'm gonna like sort myself in places where um, everyone is sensitive sensitive yeah. yeah but also like now looking back like I think there's an element of like there's an element of class and privilege mm-hmm. that people I don't think engage with a lot like for a long time, I just had sort of a judgment about that kind of, like, uh, dick-tappy, aggressive club humor that I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to that. But, like, there was a reason that, like, my grouping of, you know, largely, like, white or upper-middle-class comic friends, like, got to be insecure on stage yeah, and totally. felt comfortable being vulnerable and mm-hmm. making themselves the target of the joke and not needing to, like win or beat other people or beat right. the audience it's like yeah that's what i prefer i think it's more sensitive i think it's more progressive yeah. but like that is our yeah it's that our is voice. our gift or voice yeah. or whatever that like we we were able to be like that and not feel like yeah. so, like our something's gonna be taken away from us yeah. or, like dinner's gonna be knocked off the table right, you right. Know? i remember working at a club in michigan right before i moved to new york and i was working with a headliner and then just between sets i remember he looked at me he said you know what i need tonight I need some pussy in my face. Wow. What do you say? You say that to this day. And I was like, (laughs) you go, girl. Have you ever been in a fight? Um, (laughs) I feel like the most... Well, a a few months ago, um, I was walking in um, one of the most rough-and-tumble neighborhoods of of (laughs) Boston in Cambridge, Massachusetts. (laughs) Lee and I were walking together at, like, midnight, and I think it was maybe the first college week back. We were staying, like, near, like, MIT and BU and Harvard and stuff, and there was just, like, a kind of drunky sweatpants group of, like, I don't know, they look 17 to me, but they were probably 18, yeah, 19, right. walking toward me, having a real, like, hooting and hollering about nothing. Like, yeah. they didn't look like they were going to a party or coming from one, yeah. but they were, like, red loud, yeah. each other, like, one yeah. spit. And uh, I'm as, literally getting diarrhea here yeah, in the story. Yeah. Right. And so I tensed up a little bit, just being like, oh, man, I can so eyeball that energy. And at just as we passed them in the street, like, one of the kids sort of absentmindedly kind of, like, looks toward Leah and just goes like... <laughs> Like, Ooh. which I don't even know what that. Um, what is that? For those the at pigs home, fuck women. I, I don't know if he was being 
peak, like it, it was just so undefined but clearly aggressive. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. they just were like were walking and kind of laughing. They moved on. It wasn't like an like a, we're gonna stop and make a thing. But I just felt like, what do I do? What do I? And so I stopped and I was like, hey. Relax. <laughs> and they looked at me and were just like, all right, I love my girlfriend. Whatever. They like made fun of me for being I love this, my girlfriend. this um, passive aggressive white knight or whatever. Right. It's just like, let's all take it down a notch, guys. <laughs> this is a lady. So funny. And that's so sweet. When I first though. moved to New York, I um, briefly hung around with this comic who did have this like kind of masculine, bro y energy and like. I was single for the first time in my life. Like, I'd only really been in relationships. And we sort of, like, for a few times, like, went out to bars where you, like, <laughs> meet girls. I never singles, literally had a, bars, singles. I never unquote. had any yeah. success or even, like, bro. I think once I have a memory of walking up to two women having, like, a friendly conversation at 1230 <laughs> and be like, hey, can I talk to you? And they said no. Um, oh, my God. Wasn't my scene. But I worked at, um, and I'm sorry for the long story, but I worked at um, the, this museum, MoMA, in New York, mm. like, doing a day job when I first worked. And um, we got cheap tickets to this, like, social... It was like a spring ball that oh was like God. a society thing, but employees could oh go and God. there was a concert. <laughs> yeah. Oh my and, I, God. and I was like, you know, I can get like discount tickets to this. And it's like, oh, we, this is, imagine the sort of people that are going to be in the garden at the MoMA <laughs> yeah, for this right, society. Right. <laughs> it's like maybe John Legend was playing or something. Right. It was like 2006. So, at so, and he was a little older. I don't know how we were this dumb, but somehow over text we were like, "Well, it's a spring thing. You kind of need like a spring suit, I presume." And he's like, "I got." He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wear. I have like a tan thing that I'm gonna wear." And I was or like a khaki, whatever. And I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll get one." Like I didn't have a suit really, so I went to Men's Warehouse and bought the cheapest, <laughs> a day before off the rack um, khaki suit. Whoa! So we met up for drinks at his place and then like took a cab to. Midtown, doing it all out. What a yeah, day, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We we're like, all right. Uh, uh, we walked in, and like everyone there is just in like regular blazers, dark suits. Like somehow we'd misinterpreted yeah. what yeah. spring yeah. cocktail attire <laughs> meant. Right. They looked like a good couple. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like Dumb and Dumber vibes. Like yeah. we just walked yeah. out, like being like, "Huh, right?" Everyone, and it's just like we're the two weirdos oh who are been matching tan suits <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Um, but whatever, we get very drunk and like. Um, there's a few people there that we knew, but as we're walking out, like some super dashing, clearly rich British dude mm -hmm. stepped in front of me, I thought, to take the cab. And I just was like so revved up from like oh. drinking a bottle of vermouth I stole or whatever, where I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, fuck you, man. Like, you took this cab. Like, yeah, say it to me. What? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, yeah. because I had him with me, it was like the first time where I was like, I'm going to do man. this. And the guy just without stepping out of the cab, he's like, got one foot in and he's like, um, if you're, uh, He's like, hey, mate, if you're going to wear a suit, like, get a suit cut to fit your shoulders. Oh. And, I, like, I literally realized <laughs> in that moment that I looked like, you know. Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve yeah. Harvey, <laughs> Sally, Jesse, Raphael. It was, like, so ill-fitting. And it was so laser. And not, like, who's this asshole? I was, like. God, he's so right. Oh I'm my humiliated. God. Um, and that's that's Alan's dream. Yeah. Your dream is to be that guy. I want to be who can a who sartorial can laser. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like truly destroyed me yeah. in a way where I like threw the suit in the trash the next day. Being wow. like, I'll never we wear it. Again. We don't need fists. No. no, in a yeah. world with that kind of snark, you know? just words. Yeah, I once made. I, I remember there was something happened at a gay bar here, Akbar, and. 
I was with a friend, and someone came up and like insulted my friend. You know what I mean? Like they, they yeah. did something yeah, really snide that's to my what friend. Gay guys do. And I yeah. knew that this person, <laughs> I knew this person was obsessive about like being famous or like getting known for his shit and stuff. And I the made, person who was made fun of. No, the person who was making fun Ooh, of my friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I knew this about them, and I, in the nicest of ways, made some joke about like the two of us being verified on Twitter and him not being because he was so yeah. like insignificant that he couldn't yeah. even get verified. And and it it just it it literally I've never seen someone I felt bad like yeah. I wow. I felt bad and him. this person was crushed by not being verified uh, on Twitter. You got him. Yeah, you got him. But that felt good. That oh. was like the coat thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God gave us all weapons, and she wouldn't have given it to them. <laughs> yeah, she wanted us to use it. <laughs> Max, that was amazing. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thanks, Max. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, Where can it. people that's find it. you? I'm on social media as Max Silvestri, and you can search that name on Netflix and watch my watch uh, your pretty comedy face. lineup. <laughs> <laughs> And another thing. Guys, yeah. Christmas. Oh, okay. Christmas time uh, is here. Happiness oh, and cheer. Christmas. 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 Who loves Christmas? I do. I do. Wait, you were... Oh, that's right. You're a Jew. Did, were, did you celebrate Christmas? <laughs> it's funny how Jew is not a derogatory term, but it sounds like a derogatory term. It sounds term. like it should be. Coming from Jew. Brent, it does. Yeah. You're a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> do we celebrate Christmas? No, we never celebrated Christmas. It is for... Jewish kids, I think, um, a point of uh, it's a it's not a point of pride. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, to miss out. Yeah, and I grew up in an area that was had enough, you know, a smattering and enough Jews that it was like a thing where people were like, "Do you get to celebrate both?" And it's like, "No, we get to celebrate one." And yeah. Hanukkah's well, not but what bad. What did you want to sell? I mean, okay, yeah, so, you're celebrating like, gifts. You're no, celebrating the, shit. Yeah, but the fa- the, well, all the kids. Also, kids is always about how many gifts you get. But for me, it's like no, the festivities. No, of it's it not. All. Yeah. It's not about that though. That's the thing. That's the thing that I. So I, I, uh, but people who don't know me, I was raised Mormon and converted to Judaism, and so like now I don't really, I never really cared about Christmas. The only thing I care about Christmas is the food. I love Christmas treats. I love Christmas parties. I love... And say presents, Alan. I really don't give a fuck about the presents. The presents of... I come from a fucking poor family. We didn't give presents that was worth it. It was like, oh, here's a here's a coupon to Old Country Buffet for $5 off. Like, <laughs> do you ever do this? Do you ever, one of my favorite things to do is I will read about Christmas from like a hundred years ago. Mm. And it's always so depressing. Yeah. Because every... Never fails. Never fails. It's like a diary entry from some whatever, some kid. Every time the best gift they ever got was a fucking orange. Yeah. They oh, wow. woke up Christmas morning. They look in their stocking. Papa brought us an orange. Greatest <laughs> Christmas ever. By the way, oranges are literally the worst fruit. <laughs> they the really are. It's annoying even to open them. now, yeah. even after like like <laughs> yeah. evolution and, and, and like genetic breeding and shit, even now oranges still suck. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. They're still disgusting. But, no, but, but I mean, Alan's right. The festivities are what I, what I really was jealous movies, of. The movies. I mean, I, I love all of the Sort of things that shouldn't that shouldn't matter about Christmas. Like I hated the Christian part of Christmas, mm. but yeah. I love the the fun commercial part of Christmas. Isn't that? But I feel like that is Christmas. Exactly. And I feel like so that's when what I'm, I miss. so when you're saying I want. you didn't miss it because partaking in like a Christmas party or Christmas desserts or or a Christmas movie doesn't make you not Jewish. So why do Jews feel like they're missing out on something that? 
I don't get it. Like you're missing out you on. Because you feel like the other. Because you feel yeah, like the other. You don't it. feel like you belong I to don't. that. I don't. You can have both. You can't have. You can't have both if you if, can. Well, yeah, we can, but you can't have both if your family. I mean, at least with my family, it's like we didn't have Christmas at home. You know, we'd like. But did you go to Christmas movies? Did you go to Christmas? No. no. Did you? You didn't go to Christmas parties. As a kid, I mean, not really. No. Why? Alan, I, I don't invited. understand. <laughs> this, you're talking to Elliot. He was eight years old at the time. No. I don't know. What is we bizarre we question? But no, it's not bizarre. Interrogation, really. No, it's not bizarre at all. Because, like, I mean, and I'm sure you had this too. In elementary school, you always had the holiday party where we had the them, kids... but they made me. They made. I felt like I was left out. Sure. Why? Because they weren't. Because Hanukkah was like a, and that too. Yeah. Hanukkah was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and a dreidel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that. And I, I wish that. that I got to experience the, 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 the joy of it, the festivities of it, in a way where I didn't feel like I was. My whole life, I've loved Christmas music, and I listen yeah. to it year round. I love Christmas yeah. music too. What do you year love? Round. What do you love? What Christmas I, music? See, I'm not a fan of pop music, Christmas music. Fucking hate it. In fact, Mariah Carey, Mariah. Uh, I will accept that one song she does. That's it. Okay. Uh, the like the my least favorite song in the world is simply having a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, Christmas time. I yeah. hate that song. That's annoying. With all my heart and soul. People hate that song. I like I it. I love the Coventry Carol. Yeah, you do. Uh, I love a, a Victorian Christmas, oh, which is what's the, uh, an album that was released. What's the one that people have? Steamroller or something? Mannheim Steamroller. Cameron Mannheim Steamroller. Cameron Mannheim. Black Adder Christmas special uh, is amazing. Black but Adder. Little yeah. Drummer Boy. Hey. From, I believe the Robert Shaw Chorale. Oof, I don't like that yeah. song. Uh, you don't like that? A Christmas no, Carol is literally one of my favorite books and story Carol. ever. Like I've, I can watch every film film version of a Christmas Carol. And Have I you just, seen the George C. Scott one? Yes, <gasps> yes, it's my favorite. I love it. Do you Actually, guys like my favorite? Is it, it's it's weird because it shouldn't be, but the Mickey one is amazing, and sure. the Jim Carrey one is actually really is it? good. It's really good. Curveball. Yeah. Do you guys have any special family traditions from Christmas? <laughs> yeah, complaining about how much money we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> but there's got. But you have, I have a tradition that I yeah. I've, I've taken on myself as an adult. Um, as I have like a Christmas, Christmas, wait, wait, Hanukkah miss party where I combine Hanukkah and Christmas. I mean, sure, a lot of people have this. Um, combine it, and we have like, I mean, you've come to it before. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you have too. It's yeah. like, it's just, it's I think. a little of everything. I mean, latkes. Yeah, and, it's like yeah, Jewish food and Christmas, and it's just. Fun. Well, that's the way. That's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. If you don't put, I mean, because I don't put the religion part into the holidays, certainly, right? Which that is important to a lot of people. Also, do you? Yeah, Just does some. does that's such a th- is that still a thing? Keep Christ in Christmas. Yes, of course oh, it for is. Sure, war yeah. on Christmas. Yeah, it's the, a war, huge the war on Christmas. I mean, there are so many people who Christmas is a very religious time of year, right? And Hanukkah is not a crazy religious it's not holiday. It's I used to feel people weird. People always act like it's. They exactly. think it's the same thing. Think and you always have to be like, it's not. It's not that important. Did I you know. ever do this? Raised by atheists, but I felt weird masturbating on Christmas and Easter. Oh, did I ever do that? I I did. Did yeah. you? No, but that is so funny. Yeah. I have never had a problem masturbating on any day of the year. <laughs> yeah. when, wait, I need to also know. I mean, when did you guys know that? San, when did you learn that Santa wasn't real? When I saw my father putting uh, presents under the tree naked. <gasps> no. 
Get out of here. Because he would sleep naked. He, we were a naked family. But yeah. but I went up. Yeah, this isn't like a weird confession. It's, I went up. I went, yeah, that, oh the, my the naked God. part's actually the normal part. I went upstairs for something. I forget. I think I was curious. I was like, oh, what's going on upstairs? And I, I peek around because I, I, my room was downstairs. And I peek around the corner in the living room. And I see my father just standing there with his hairy fucking <laughs> naked body. Just putting presents out of the tray. And my stepmom, Linda, just sitting there smoking her, her cigarettes. being like, dude. Doing good, is Carl. In, that is incredible. Yeah. And Brent, what about you? I mean, your parents are very matter of fact I, and intellectual. I, I remember it dawned on me at one point that mm. it just didn't make sense. I feel like your parents were like, Brent, we Brent, need to sit down and have, have a conversation. We have a discussion about this. <laughs> uh, I did. I had, I had a landlord who uh, he his son was – he lived below me in New York. Uh, and so I would see him when I would drink alone on the stoop. And his, <laughs> like a hobo. his son – uh, was inter- entering sixth grade, mm-hmm. and he was like, "We think he still believes in Santa," oh. and that worried me. <laughs> oh. I remember hearing that and being, and then I found out later that he he was like, "We." It sounds like he didn't actually believe, but was still putting on the show that he believed. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably for the but allowance. I think, but in a weird way, like it sounds really strange, but like with my niece and nephew, I would. I would want them to figure it out at a certain point. I wouldn't want it to Don't hit like spoil it fifth for them, or, though. Oh, why would? Oh my God! <laughs> just I would text. never do that. Just text them. Just text them. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. The um, thing that I'm the—I'll I'll say the thing that I'm jealous of the most of Christmas is the holiday shopping. People like make a big deal about it. Oh, it's so crazy! It's too much. And sure, the, the focus on the—I'm like, it looks so fun. Well, you can go holiday shopping. You can still shopping. do it. I, I don't know, get why I you know. think you can't. Well, I've you, done you it. Can but go buy me some shit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I will. You yeah. can come with Michael and I. We literally are at the mall like four days a week. <laughs> yeah, around in December, I start going no, to the mall that's like all twice year a week. For us. But yes, yeah. yes, we go a bunch. What's your, is there? I, okay, I'll just tell you my favorite Christmas thing that I partake in, and that can be mine. In New York, I somehow stumbled upon this weird thing that happens every year at Christmas in a church called like Saint Nicholas of Maya or something. I don't know, something weird. It's a, called a cookie walk, and it's this thing in the basement of a church in the East Village that I somehow oh found. Where this church, where they're they're Somehow, pretty devout. I, you have a spreadsheet. I Come do, on. I do. But I, but <laughs> I, it's this bizarre thing, like in a church basement in the middle of like the East Village, where they just put out tables and tables of You've cookies me from it. Yeah. yeah, it's and you just take you just go and you fill your you container. fill your mouth, you chew, you spit it out. <laughs> you fill like, your container with cookies <laughs> and you and you shoot up cookie all surrounding Elliot. <laughs> and the best part about it is that there, it's like it's so churchy that if that if you get caught eating trying one of the cookies, they really do like they scold you. Oh wow! That you they get mad, wow. and I love it. It's Christmas <laughs> for me. <laughs> and that's, that's Elliot. Christmas. Happy that's Jewish Elliot's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> that's Christmas for Elliot. <laughs> Getting scolded by it's better Christians. than Chinese and uh, a movie. There's when everybody better. We go to a movie every single year on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but you don't. Then you don't have Chinese food, and you're like, I wish I was. No, but we do under the tree. I wish I was under the you tree. Think fam- <laughs> you think these families are having these Elliot, idyllic? No, moments. I've gone. Just with, get a tree every year. I've I, that would see that would feel weird. Why? Why? I've just never had it. Oh my god! But it was great to. I always always have a. a this man will let a man, a stranger, buy a car for him. Yep. But he won't get a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, a stranger will escort him to the Secretary of State office. Yeah. yeah. I've always had a goyish. But you friend. can't go into Target and get a Christmas tree for nineteen ninety nine. I've always had a goyish friend who will take me on for Christmas, yeah. and it's the it is always the greatest. I feel like an imposter, but I don't care. 
What would your aunt say? What would your aunt say about something on today's episode, Brent? The war on Christmas is very real, you son of a bitch. <laughs> She's a Trump voter. She is. And Aunt Joanne would say, don't you dare buy that tree. Don't you dare buy that tree. <laughs> Alan? My Aunt Anne would say, I don't have a problem with trans people. I thought my hairdresser was trans for so long. Turns out he just had throat cancer. <laughs> what? Yes. It was what? a lump in his throat. Is Adam's happened. But what made her think she <laughs> It was she. It was she. Long story, guys. Long story. That's incredible. <laughs> On that note. I'm sorry about the throat cancer. <laughs> is she okay? I don't know. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. <laughs> and I'm H. Allen Scott. Let's ask Aunt Anne how she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good show.